You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We're happy to be here today with you. I'm Leon Dolan. I'm a writer and producer. I live in Pasadena, California. But today I'm sitting at the Wondery Sunset Studio with my sister Liz, my big sister Liz. Yes, I'm happy to be back at the Wondery Studio. Last week I was away. And, you know, it's just not the same. You know, it's not the same. So I live in Santa Monica, California. I, I'm a podcaster and I do other marketing things. And then got the dog, got Hooper. Is You know, that's, that's pretty much my deal, Julie. Okay. Well, I'm always away. <laughs> that's Liz true. And Leanne. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. I'm always in Dallas. I'm the oldest sister. I'm always the boss, even though you don't listen to me. Uh, I've lived and worked in all kinds of places, uh, but I'm here in Dallas now. I'm an empty nester. I'm an urban nana, which means that I have five grandchildren, and I love them so much, I would even move to Brooklyn temporarily in the winter to be with one of them. Aww. That's what it means. And can I tell you, sisters, this is going to be a good show today. Oh, yeah, I feel okay. it. You're feeling I feel it. it. Okay. Well, we're inspired. Yeah, we are. <laughs> We're, gonna, we're inspired by J-Lo and Shakira. We're going to be shaken. By the end of the show, we are rocking. This is going to be happening. Yeah, and we will not have any Iowa caucus results, but we do have those. Kathy Douglas posted those in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. She got, she got it all covered from her precinct. So if you want to know what happened in Iowa, Kathy knows. That's why you need to be a member of the Satellite Sister <laughs> Facebook group. That's true. We have people everywhere. everywhere. I mean, we have people on the ground everywhere reporting in from Iowa. We reporting got the coronavirus in. people reporting in. They're right. on it. Yeah. We have people everywhere, so we're covered. The Satellite Sisterhood has you covered. Julie, you're enthusiastic about the show because you're talking about procrastination today. And that's Precrastination. You know, everybody knows what procrastination is, mm-hmm. but now you can get on board with a new way to stall before you have to do the really important tasks okay. in your life. To procrastinate, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you're stalling your procrastination. <laughs> Liz, Bitter Business Bureau. Oh, the bitterest, Leanne. Like, oh, wow. Like, if the Bitter Business Bureau had its own podcast, it, w- <laughs> it would be called We Crashed, which I'm going to tell you about. And, by the way, Sergio worked on it. Our so, engineer. Our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. So anyway, but this is like this is like the worst business story of the year anyway. I've been following this for like a year, but I think they got what they deserved. But not but all the wrong people. Anyway, more later. Liz, your face is just <laughs> it's really it's dangerous. It's, stay calm, Liz. It's early. It's early okay. in the show. Okay. Stay back. Julie, you had um an interesting encounter with Tara Westover. She's yeah, the author I'm gonna, of I have educated. you know, she's the author of Educated. Um I had a chance to hear her speak and talk with her. And so I've got some insights for you. All right. And I have Oscar picks from my son, Colin, uh-huh. because he's a total film nerd. I mean, that's that's what he does in college. He goes to movies. <laughs> okay. He's seen all 10 Oscar picks. Oh. He's highly opinionated. He has some picks for you. He has what should win, what will win, and his own personal best picture 
Oh. Uh, which wasn't even nominated. But <laughs> okay, I like that. He's yeah, definitely a film student. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's how that's how he feels. But first, a little how was your week? I hosted a party for 40 people at my house this weekend. That's amazing. Weekend? I don't know that's how you do so that. so amazing. Yeah, I. you know, it was my husband's uh, work party. It's an annual event now, I've been informed. So this is three years oh. in a row. Of, oh. They're very busy at the end of the year. So he likes to do a kickoff event for the new year. He settled on this date the Saturday night before Super Bowl Sunday. So oh, oh. that so I mean so that's a thing. That's a, a lot of planning for my husband right there. Like <laughs> yeah. he hasn't planned a vacation in I don't know how long. <laughs> but that it's on the it's on the calendar. So we had a caterer. Uh, they did an excellent job. Uh, so I'm not cooking for 40 people, but still a party for 40, you essentially end up moving every piece of furniture in your home, yeah. cleaning every room in your home. Yeah. We had a beautiful day here in Southern California, unusually warm, 85-degree day. So it was. It was good. a beautiful day. So the party was at night, but it did mean we could put the bar outside. Oh, nice. Uh, so we had. So then we had to clean the outside. You know, it's just... <laughs> And I had heaters, and we had a fireplace, and indoor, outdoor, and I mean, several days of prep beforehand, schlepping the wine, the beer. I had determined a signature cocktail for this event. I saw that. You posted that on Facebook group, Leanne, your signature. Very nice pictures. Thank yeah. you very much. It was a it was a limoncello Tom Collins, uh, mm. courtesy of Ina Garten. Uh-huh. But I was able to squeeze my own Meyer lemon, so it just oh, wow. kicked it up a notch. Well, see that as you see there, Ina. Can right. you do that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. No, I don't think they can. I think she has those in the Hamptons. No. But it looked like something that Ina and Jeffrey would enjoy and maybe serve at one of their own parties. Yes, well, she did on the show, Liz. So I saw it. I stole it directly from the TV show. But uh, I was figuring out how to serve that. Now, the signature cocktail, you want it when people come in warm and welcoming. You know, I have that big silver tray from Mom. Yeah. Uh, But uh, so I put it out there and people are impressed by that silver tray. (laughs) So that's all I'm saying. Yes. That's a signature piece. It yes. is. And I just want to say to all of you thinking about giving away your silver or if you're younger, you're under 30, you think, I'm never going to use silver. No, you will. Real, just one piece really, truly impresses people. <laughs> you don't need a whole service. One big tray. That's all I'm saying. Okay, good tip. But I, I, hadn't, I hadn't cleaned that tray in a while. And I had that's the problem I was, with I was silver, right? my next question. Yeah. Was there some silver polishing involved? Yes. yes. Well, here's the thing. You know, mom claims she gave me the silver because I was the best one at polishing the silver. Uh-huh. I think I was the only one that would polish the silver because <laughs> yes. I was the youngest. Right. So I was duped into it. Yes. And then nobody yeah. else wanted the silver when she left this world. But well, you I, were so good at I it. I was so good at it. So I'm thinking, I got to polish this tray. And then, of course, I'm thinking... I don't think I bought silver polish in like ten years. Mm. I mean, who buys silver polish? No mm. one, especially no, when I have I have silver polish. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So I go into my cleaning supplies and I think I'll just give it a whirl. I'm not I'm not hopeful. It's four. What are the chances? It's four o'clock on a Saturday. How long afternoon. has mom been been dead? <laughs> Seven years. Okay. So, so so I that was probably part of her estate that you might have also gotten, Liz. <laughs> Liz. I I was visited by the ghost of Edna Dolan. (laughs) She was watching over me. I went to the back of the cleaning closet, and there was like one yellowed plastic container. And I reached in, and I pulled out like... Weibo silver polish. Good work, Leanne. I, I bet it was still bought. fresh. Still, it, it lives forever. Totally usable. Like, <laughs> totally usable. And I thought, this is it. This is mom looking over me. Yeah. She wants that tray polished. She wants it polished. And you know how mom, I don't, when we ended up cleaning out our parents' apartment, they were yeah. actually both still alive, and we won't go into that. It's complicated. But I ended up being like the last person out of the apartment. And 
I just took all the cleaning supplies. Uh-huh. I, I left many good things in the alley behind the apartment, but you can't really leave toxic cleaning supplies around. Right. So I just took them all. And you know how mom was. Like, when she bought cleaning supplies, her first question was, is it the most toxic thing on the market? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Okay, I'll take two. I mean, so every once in a while, yes. I pull out things I would never in a million years buy. Like, kills everything on the planet. <laughs> and your, cleans your shower. Like, I'll pull out, like... Where did I get this Clorox pen? I would never buy that. Oh, mom. So seven years later, mm-hmm. there she was, the ghost of Edna Dolan, looking looking <laughs> over the party, polished up that silver tray, was inspired, polished up a few more pieces because I had the nice. silver polish. So sure. yeah. once you take it out. Okay. Yeah. Once you take it out, you got to get going. So there you go. It was in the back, the ghost of Edna Dolan. Okay. Well, part of the excitement on Saturday uh, was that during the time that you were prepping. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Uh, at about 5 p.m., I was headed to downtown L.A. I got on the, you know, the, the 10, as we call it here, the 10, headed east. And all of a sudden, what pops up on my phone but a, an SOS from Leon Dolan? Like, I know. it said SOS. Yeah. I, I, I know phones have these capabilities. <laughs> I have never gotten an SOS before. And you would be shocked what you think about when you get an SOS. Because I thought, okay, what am I supposed to do now? And it doesn't come with a loud noise like an Amber Alert or anything, which I would suggest that's what it needs. But so I thought, okay, Leanne's sending me an SOS. What do I do? I thought, well, should I call her? And then I really thought this. I thought, well, but if she's been kidnapped and her her kidnappers don't know she has a phone and I call her, then I'm going to give her away. So if she's been kidnapped, I shouldn't call her, right? Right. So then, okay, so no call, no calling. Then I thought, well, maybe I should call your husband, who is famous for never using his cell never phone. Never uses his so, phone. Yeah, I, I don't know how he survives. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Can't call him. <laughs> and then I was like, am I supposed to call 911? Like, what are you supposed to do when you get an SOS? Like, and that seemed, uh, like, really aggressive. But I, and then I thought, did I even see that? Because again, I'm on a freeway and I'm kind of, what's on my phone? I shouldn't be staring at my phone. So finally, I just, I just break down and I called you. Yes. But when you picked up the phone, because you were in the midst of, you know, moving all the furniture in your home, you were like, hello. (laughs) No, it was, it wasn't, it was an emergency. I, I. Because, like, the caterers had arrived, the dog wasn't put away yet, and then my neighbor arrived with the 20 boxes of Girl Scout cookies that I had requested to give as a party favor. So uh-huh. all that was happening at once, and the dog was going crazy, and I have the new phone, yeah. like, in my pocket, and I'm trying to get the dog in the laundry room, and she keeps busting out, and I the okay. new iPhone... It has this feature. You have to hit all the buttons like three times, and I guess I did that. I did uh, not mean to. I was just trying to get the 100-pound German Shepherd in the laundry room, and Liz called me. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just, oh, yes, you've called it a bad time. She's like, I got an SOS. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. Well, it really raises a lot of issues. Yeah. Like, A, you don't know what you're supposed to do right. when you get an SOS, right. but B... You had entered Julie and I in. I guess we were your automatic right. SOS. I was Emergency in the movies, contact. so I didn't see your SOS call until like an hour and a half later. So I looked at it and I was like, oh, she's dead by now. <laughs> that's, that's, Thanks. 
Yeah. The new iPhone has no home button. Uh-huh. So it's just you end up hitting the side things a lot if you're us, yeah. like meaning yes. not, not not young. Yeah. I don't really know how everything works. Yeah. So okay. I'm trying to turn it on, and I've, I've turned on the SOS but sound. I, I think Liz's question about yeah. what is the right protocol when you yeah. get that SOS thing, it's very ominous. We'd like to know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like... It's the kind of thing, like, if you're putting me in your will as if you both die, I take your kids. Yeah. We have that conversation in advance. Right. So I know if that happens. Right. I'm not surprised by what's in your will. Right. I kind of feel that way with the SOS oh, now. Okay. If <laughs> I didn't realize it was such a commitment when I entered you. Because yeah. I know that my husband doesn't pick up the phone. Yes. So I had to put in two other people. I'm perfectly fine to be your SOS. Yeah. I just think mm-hmm. we need to communicate about, <laughs> okay. in the event of an SOS, what's the protocol? <laughs> what would you yeah. like me to do? Te- just Cause, text me. Because if you've been kidnapped, I could totally Yes, I think that's cover. a very good point, Liz, about, yeah, you yeah. could have tipped off the kidnapper. So <laughs> and, and getting Julie's text. So Liam then, for the purpose of our listeners, Leanne then sent out a text to both Leanne and uh, Julie and I, like, really sorry about that. Not really an emergency. <laughs> and like, it was like three hours later, Julie, that you responded like, phew, okay, I'm just seeing this. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you're not dead. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Anywho. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, if, someone, if some emergency uh, person has an idea of what we should, yes. what the protocol I would be like be, to know. Let us like know. To know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sisters, well, I have some exciting news, too, that I want to tell you about. I I went to get a haircut this week, and um, I'm always prepared with a couple of stories or topics to discuss with my hairdresser, Cam, when I go get my haircut. Do you do that? Sort of, Leanne, you wrote in Satellite Sisters, Uncommon Senses, that you used to work on your material before you came to the family dinner, because as the youngest of eight, uh, nobody would pay any attention to you unless you had a funny story, right? That's true. I, I believe in working on your material. My hairdresser and I do a lot of cooking and entertaining, so that's that's our area what, that we talk about um, a lot. Yeah. Okay, so. Liz. No, you don't. You don't work on your material before you talk to your hairdresser. I, I don't really talk to my hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, she's very nice. We always chit chat at the beginning. But then I kind of appreciate the contemplative silence, and I, okay. believe, I believe she does too. Okay. Okay. Well, I went in with two topics this week. I wanted to tell Cam about, I had tried this new Brazilian yoga class that I'm really enjoying. Wow. And then I also wanted to recommend the Netflix six-part docu-series, Cheer. Now, <laughs> sisters, have you seen, I talked about this on last week's podcast. Right. Have, yes. Have you? Have I have you not seen, seen it. I haven't yet. had a no. chance yet. You haven't. Okay. Well, you are not going to understand this. Well, we have things but to do. everyone else in the Satellite Sisterhood just, all right, hold on tight, okay? Because now I'm going to tell you that my hairdresser was a Navarro cheerleader, okay? Okay. Wow. I almost fell out of my chair. I have not been that excited <laughs> since we met Oprah to find out that Cam was, he was a tumbler, but he moved to a stumbler position. He was on the mat. He went to Daytona, the whole thing. So here are three things that Cam, my hairdresser, told me uh, that everyone who's watched the series should know. Coach Monica, she is even more wonderful in real life. He loves her. He goes back to Navarro for for their alumni events. And, you know, he he thought she seemed very serious in the docuseries because he said in real life she's you know, has a wonderful, warm, bubbly personality. Number two... 
Coach, Coach uh, Monica is the real deal. She really does just seek out kids with talent. She doesn't care where they come from. She, you know, when he when he was there, there were kids from all kinds of backgrounds that were at Navarro. And number three, Corsicana, Texas, he said, is even smaller than it appears on the docu- <laughs> docu-series. He said it is a very, very small town. So you sisters, okay, I want you to watch. So here's your homework assignment. You watch the series, then you re-listen to this podcast, and you can scream with excitement that my hairdresser is a Navarro cheerleader and still has all of his uniforms and the whole bit. Okay? Wow. That's- wow. That yeah. is, that's amazing. That is, that's You don't crazy. even know how amazing it is. So go watch the series and then you're going to be so impressed. Okay. All right, Julie, that's an excellent update. So mm-hmm. good. I'm, I'm picturing, I, I hope there's a follow-up on the alumni events <laughs> because Well, again, be Leanne, if you've seen the series, you'll know how central the alumni are to the whole Navarro experience. All so, right, Julie. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we'll get on it this week. Yes. <laughs> I didn't realize it was an assignment yeah, last week. It is. I, thought, I just I gave you an assignment because you cannot be impressed enough until you have seen it. Okay? <laughs> okay. Got it. All right. Got it. All right. Cheers. Uh, all right. We are going to be back in a second. Liz has the Bitter Business Bureau and a few other things. But first, we want to thank a couple of sponsors here at Satellite Sisters. Hi, all. It's Leanne Dolan from Satellite Sisters. And you know what my definition of self-care is? Any product from OseaMalibu.com. That's right. We love the beautiful body care products at OseaMalibu.com. And we love that they've supported Satellite Sisters for a long time. That's how it works. The sponsors support us. You support the sponsors. We continue to produce Satellite Sisters content for you. And you know what? We do it with really great looking skin. This is the year of Andaria Algae Body Butter. If you have not tried this amazing product yet, 2024 is your year because Andaria Algae Body Butter is Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable product. It makes a glowing choice for achieving your new year body care and self-care goals. I got to tell you, you put this stuff on. First of all, we've said it before, you want to eat it. Secondly, you put it on, it makes your skin feel so smooth and hydrated, and that lasts for days. You know, have you ever had a beauty product that kind of fades out and an hour later you're like, what happened there? Not the case with the famous Andaria Algae Body Butter. It's not your typical body butter, and that's why it works better. It's made with ingredients that's normally reserved for your face, like the Andaria seaweed and the ceramides, and it can transform your dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple. So make it happen in 2024. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Mosia. Right now, we have a special discount just for our satellite sisters and misters. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. You get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. All right, we're back. Okay, we're now on last week's show, I was paying attention, Julie, besides your recommendations to watch Cheer. You talked about the coronavirus and Correct. the information and misinformation that's going on out there. And you made the very wise recommendation that we mainly stick to, um, you know, sources of information that are legit. Because there are a lot of sources that are not legit. 
Mm-hmm. And But we did mention Erin in our Satellite Sisterhood because she had begun posting some updates for us in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Well, it turns out there's a lot more than Erin out there. Satellite Sisterhood and Mr. Hood, we are everywhere and we have highly reliable information. So we're now getting posts from Josh. Joshua is, uh, he had he's in Hong Kong. This is his coronavirus update number three. Uh, he is, he's like a teacher or an administrator, right? right? At an international mm-hmm. school. Yeah, at international schools. Yeah. yeah. So, at a trainer as well. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. So he said classes have been suspended for a further two weeks for now, extending the suspension until March 2nd at the earliest. Then he's got a lot of other information about the parents and the unions and the government. Yeah, I found and that interesting. That. Yeah, it's really interesting. And then at the end, he has a little edit. He says, as of late this afternoon, it was announced closure of all border crossings with mainland China to shut out the coronavirus, except for, of course, the ones that come into Hong Kong, where he lives. So anyway, <laughs> he's, he's monitoring that and posting for our benefit. Last week, Leanne, you mentioned Leah right. is another listener. And... Uh, she worked at an international school in Beijing. Yes. Right. And, and then evacuated to Thailand, right? Yes. So she said, hello, sisters and misters. Leon mentioned to me on the show last week that I just got around to listening to while having a Thai massage. <laughs> I might add, what a delightful uh, combination. So here's her deal. So she said, well, we weren't terrified being in Beijing. It was both stifling physically and literally, to be holed up in our apartment with no idea when we could resume normal life. And then she took her dog out for a walk, uh, their dog named Moon, which is a very good name, I think. And she said the only other people out on the street were weird people wearing masks, walking their dogs. So that's when they decided, (laughs) we got to get out of here. So they just got on a plane to Thailand and then wrangled some Airbnb place down um, in the islands. Julie, this is you lived in Thailand for a number of years, so you're familiar with uh, that part of the world. Anyway, so now uh, her kids are doing uh, online learning. They're working remotely, and they're just waiting to see... Uh, what happens next. So that's that. It sort of sounds delightful, but that's a real limbo. No, it's bad. Yeah, particularly yeah. if you had kids in high school, like that's a really stressful time anyway. Right. And yeah, that's right. It, it's, yeah. And just the uncertainty when you don't know when you're going to go back or right. where you, or how to go back or where you should go. Yeah. Yeah. I think or it's how about this? Stressful. Aaron, Aaron checked in again. They, she got out of the, uh, got out of China entirely. They decided to evacuate. So she posted a picture of herself reading the Sweeney Sisters. Way to go. Must stuff. have gotten an advanced copy. Good. So uh, she said she was reading it at 3 a.m. With, when jet lag woke her up. So they evacuated Beijing and they came back to the U.S. But her husband, who's a naval attache at the embassy, he has to remain there. So that must be hard, too. Right. If you got you and the kids got out, but your husband is back there um, still in the danger zone. So anyway, thank you, everyone, for letting us know. We enjoy the updates because we do feel like, you know, this is a big community and people we know are really being affected uh, by the coronavirus. Um, Okay. Now I have like maybe one of the biggest bitter business bureau stories ever. But luckily for all of us, it's already been made into a podcast. So have you been following the story of WeWork? Julie, have you been following that? It was heavily reported on in the Wall Street Journal, which I know you're a reader of. Right, right. No, I, oh, I've been tracking this, Liz, you know, and uh, my husband works for a public company. So it's very interesting to, 
to see what uh, what they got away with at, at WeWork, you know. And WeWork has a big presence here in Dallas, and they had to lay off a lot of people. Yep. Okay, so so here's the deal. So WeWork, it's a it's like a co-working space, but it was one of the first ones, and it would start it was started by a guy named Adam Newman and his partner whose name I don't remember. But what was interesting to me, which you can learn if you listen, listen to We Crashed, is that the partner grew up on a hippie commune in Oregon, and Adam Newman grew mm-hmm. up on a kibbutz in Israel, and that's why they're all about the co. They're oh. all about the we. They're, okay. Okay, which seemed like a legit story until it went wildly, wildly out of right. control. Okay. So anyway, so they raised all this money. They, you know, at one point the company was valued at, Forty-seven billion dollars. <laughs> I mean, just insane. Insane. Leon, your husband is in the commercial real estate business. Yes. I'm, as I was listening to it, I was thinking, should he listen to this, or would it just make his head explode? Because it's just like this big scam it, that you're not really in real estate. We're a tech company, right? Yeah. It was they position themselves as a tech company, but it's just price per square foot. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing magical about it. <laughs> there never was. It's just price per square foot. Okay, well, here are a couple of, but without taking you into the depths of this story, uh, the a couple of the details that stuck out to me as I was reading the whole WeWork's debacle over the last, like, six months. At one point, WeWork paid Adam Newman, the CEO, $6 million for the use of the word we, sisters. Because somehow Adam Newman had trademarked the word we and owned it under a separate company. So his own company paid him, it was $5.9 million, paid him $5.9 million to use the word we. Now, wouldn't you say that's a red flag? Wow. Like, Yeah, I, you see, that's why it makes people so bitter. Just, right. There you go, yeah. right there. <laughs> and then another point, so they have this crazy valuation, they're getting bigger, 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 but he started cashing out before their IPO. He cashed out, $700 million worth before the IPO. Now, again, you don't have to be a business expert to know. When you're taking a company public, what the future stockholders usually want to see is that you believe in the company. <laughs> <laughs> and the company is going to be worth even more money later than it is now. So somehow, when the CEO is already cashing out to the tune of $700 million, before the initial public offering, this is like the red flag of all red flags. Anyway, I kept going, growing, growing. Finally, well, the title of the podcast is "We Crashed," so, so I won't, I won't take you into exactly how it crashed. The first three episodes have dropped already. The third episode, which is this week, a lot of it is about the people that work there, right? You know, because this is what you forget, and we joke a lot about these, you know, these these scammy businesses, but. Adam Newman sisters walked away with a billion dollars for a company that is like practically worthless now. And the thousands of employees they had, those people are all out looking for work. Right. You know, so it's not funny. And yet the details, there's just a lot of, you know, uh, pot smoking, tequila drinking, cheering, party, like all of the usual stuff. So if you if that stuff makes you really mad, well, then you can just let this one go by. But if you want to hear a little bit about the drama of what it's like to be inside a company like that, this podcast, We Crashed, which is put up by our own network, Wondery, is really good. Um, it's called We Crashed, The Rise and Fall of WeWork. And I, I totally recommend it. It is 
Bitter, Bitter Business Bureau brought to life. You will enjoy it. You know what's really sad about that, besides the people, is it was a pretty good idea. Yeah. It just wasn't a tech company. Yeah. It's just real estate. But the way people work now, I mean, we went, I went and looked at one three years ago because I thought about possibly getting an office outside uh-huh. of there. They had some podcasting studios. There was a shared space. Then you got all oh, your own little thing. And then if you were a traveling salesperson, uh, the those still exist. Like yeah, you could go no, to different to cities. Sure. Like it was a pretty good idea. It just was a normal company. Yes. You know, that wasn't this sexy, super high-tech thing. It was just a normal real estate company, but a very good idea. Yeah. It was probably a $7 billion idea, not a $47 billion idea. Still, very solid idea. He would have made plenty of money. Like in some places, you know, according to my husband, you know, big corporations are renting out four or five floors of WeWorks. Like they're using it as rollover space and just because space is so expensive and people telecommute now and no one's in the office. And so it it really did serve a purpose. It would have been a successful company. Yeah. It just, Um, it was crazy. He was was a grifter of epic proportion, no doubt about it. Yeah. So most of us have to do work. And that's right. what I want to talk about next. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Real work, not not like what he was doing, but real work. And, you know, we have talked about, about procrastination on this show a number of times, the well-known behavior of putting off important jobs to the last minute. But what about procrastination? This is a th- this is a thing too that's not necessarily good in the workplace or in your life. This is when you busy yourself with small inconsequential tasks instead of doing the important things. And there's probably no better place to procrastinate than with your inbox uh, and email, right? Oh, because totally, totally. It's so it's so attractive and email is probably the best example according to David Rosenberg. Baum, who is a psychology professor at UC Riverside, he said procrastinators tend to rush too quickly into tasks without planning. So rather than thinking about the big thing you have to do each day, you just open up your email and you just, you get a lot of satisfaction from tap, tap, tapping and, you know, um, uh, doing email that makes no sense. It's what he calls going for the low hanging fruit. I mean, who doesn't love to do that? I know I do that. It's so easy. Yeah. It's It's so it's immediately available and we're instinctively wired to do this. He gave the example of a little experiment where he had individuals and he placed two buckets of water, one that was close to the individual and one that was farther away. And he told the individual in the study, he said, now you have to go pick up both buckets of water and return to this spot. And what over 90% of the people do is they pick up the first bucket that's closest to them, take it to the second bucket, and then carry both buckets back. This is what we do. We, we do. Even though we all know that if we had gone to the farthest, bu- we'd go to the bucket that was farther away and then come back. We don't do that. Okay. We all procrastinate. So because we like to get that immediate you know, satisfaction of completing something. And there are certain personalities that are more uh, likely to procrastinate. People like who what? are conscientious, people who are eager to please, and people who are high energy, okay? No. So these are people that, which would be me. So I know I yes. procrastinate. That's you. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And yeah. this is this is not good because what procrastinators do, and sisters, you know this as my working partners, 
that we that I we do we just complete work incompletely and inaccurately all the time just to get it done. Okay, that's true. Uh huh. So so you know what the solution to this is? Okay, we have to be deliberate and we have to be mindful and we have to be strategic. Blah blah blah. Okay, that's so we it. have to do the most important things first. I hate that. You know, yes, I you would... have to go get the bucket that's farther away. Okay. Please. Okay. I would say, as someone who writes fiction, which is a long haul task, and you know, Liz, you were have been asking me lately, how did you do this? I how could did you never do what you just did, sit down and write that book? I would never have the discipline to do that. And I didn't know there was a word for it, but the key is no procrastination. Like uh-huh. you, you really have to do the hardest thing first. Super compartmentalize. Use my time. Like. I'm writing during this time. I'm not looking at your email. I'm not going to respond yeah. to it like in a timely fashion. You have to be ruthless about compartmentalizing your work. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, All right. Right. So no that's no precrastination. And I'm sure there are many other jobs that would benefit from that ruthlessness. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So okay. We so, always knew okay. you were ruthless, but I we didn't know it was. <laughs> okay. Uh, now I'm a little worried. I'm afraid of you. Okay. Good. Good. All right. A uh, few fitness uh, fitness updates. Okay. There was a, the CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, was a couple weeks ago in Las Vegas. So the Los Angeles Times printed their list of um, different fit, high fit high-tech fitness things that are going to help your workouts and things uh-huh, like that. I saw that so story. I like I like looking at it because 99% of them, like, why would you ever, yeah. you know, because uh-huh. I needed a dog leash and a yoga mat. That's what I need and some sneakers. But um, but some of these are fantastic. There are so many monitors coming out on the market, and these are great. These will make a big difference in people's health, and I appreciate that. They're going to be monitors that allow you to uh, monitor your blood pressure, Mm. Your glucose without pricking yourself, which is a huge, seems good. huge yeah. breakthrough if you're diabetic. And one that is going to help your smoking cessation efforts. It monitors your carbon monoxide in your body, which, first of all, is terrible that you have right. that. I, I just, didn't even know we had carbon monoxide yeah, well, in our body. Well, if you smoke. And so behind, you know, the theory behind this particular monitor is if you're trying to quit, if you can actually see the carbon monoxide in your body going down, Oh, you will be so more inclined, right? You more inclined to uh-huh. uh, to Stick carry on with your cessation efforts, and it comes with all kinds of software and support and everything where you can, you know, you can stick stick with it. But those seem great. Okay, here's what I'm not so sure about: a high tech yoga mat. All right, this yoga mat. It, it ended up winning the Innovation Award at the show because I'm guessing now when their practice is yoga. <laughs> but you can track changes in your posture, your strength, your flexibility, and your balance after each session. And you can share data with your friends and even join in instructor-led sessions. How is that possible? It's a <laughs> Yoga mat. Who wants to do that? I know. It Who seems antithetical isn't that, to the very Aren't you supposed to unplug and just breathe and close your eyes? Right. Isn't that yoga? Yeah. Yes, that's it. They always say, you know, it's not it's not a perfect, it's a practice. Like yeah. you're just striving to do this stuff. It's not always necessarily like de- measurable data day to day. It just right. sounds terrible. So I'm sorry, I'm rejecting I'm rejecting that. But one thing that looked really interesting to me <laughs> because you know, people rave about walking desks or the desks that go up and down. Yes. But I actually mm-hmm. have a really hard time writing 
while I'm going up and down or standing. <laughs> like, I just can't, I can't do that. I can't I can actually that. write prose. Standing up and talking on the phone is easy, yes. but standing up and writing, I can see why that's right. a little hard. So, and we're, that's how I spend, you know, a lot of my time sitting is, is doing that. So now they have this under desk elliptical trainer. Okay, it's just a little mini thing. It looks really cu- cute. It's called My QB. First of all, that's a good name. Way to go, My QB. C U B I I. My QB. And you just put it in your little cube and you put it under and you can just do your little revolution. See, I'm doing an Ellis, even though I don't have yes. one. I'm <laughs> Julie Lee, you're just pedaling. You're pedaling under your desk. Under yeah, I'm just pretending to pedal under yeah. the desk. So that could keep you moving. It's not too intrusive to your work efforts. And, you know, can burn some calories and you can you record your distance and time. I'm okay. all for that. You're under for the that. desk elliptical trainer. Looked great. Okay. Look great. I would feel like the more I was concentrating, I would just forget to keep cycling, whatever. Yeah. But no, okay, I like it. I don't think my QB judges, Liz. Okay. I think you can just pedal occasionally, you know, move your legs. I think that would actually be good for your brain. I like it. Mm-hmm. So my QB, way to go. Well, guess who's got a birthday coming up this month? Maybe oh. we could, I don't know if this thing is on the market yet, but we could, uh, you know, we could investigate. Thanks, Liz. My QB. Um, okay, I'm taking the complete opposite approach to a personal fitness program, sisters. And this is something that a friend of mine and I just cooked up on Friday. And here it is. It's fight camp. So, <laughs> what? Okay. what? Fight camp, Julie. I mean, I'm in fight camp. Uh, what does that even mean? Okay, Liz? here's the thing. So I had I had lunch on Friday with my friend Fisher, who you guys know. Yes. Who is, uh, what she does for fitness is boxing. Like serious boxing at serious boxing gyms here in Los Angeles. And, you know, she's a small Filipino woman, but super strong. And she's been doing this for a while. And she just loves the, the sense of strength and aggression that she gets boxing. Okay, good. So, yeah. Well, Lee and you did boxing for fitness yeah, for a while, Yeah, I too. enjoyed it. It yeah. was fun. It's a really good stress reliever. Yeah. I mean, I didn't actually want to box anyone. Like, yeah. she actually gets in the she ring. She gets in the ring with people. Yeah. I, yes. I just did boxing as a training thing. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. So so we're talking about this, and she said one of the boxers she trains with, his name is Christian Robles, he has a big bout at the end of March. And what you do if you're training for a bout is fight camp, right? Okay. You just like, in your final two months, you get just super focused on your training and how you're eating, and you kind of close yourself off from the world, and you get your entourage around, and you're, it's fight camp, okay? okay. <laughs> I'm okay. sure you can imagine. Wow, Liz. Liz, ahead. I know. You, you're saying that with a lot of aggression. You want to get in the ring, Liz. I can yeah. see that. So she said out of solidarity with her sparring mate, Christian, uh, she was going to have her own fight camp. She was just going to try to like just be on the straight and narrow. It doesn't mean any fighting. It just means it, for the next two months, I'm just going to be super focused on like fitness. And most of all, she said, I don't really do any strength training. I do a lot of cardio, but I don't do strength training. And I was like, well, you know, that's the one thing I don't do enough of either is the strength training. She's like, okay, we can fight camp together. So we can just, our fight camp, unlike Christian Robles fight camp, where it's like 24-7 for two months, we have just decided we are going to together uh, do strength training two days a week, and then we each go off and do our other thing. And uh, so we're and we're going to work out at the same gym. 
So next week we have a, I, I booked a trainer session. So a trainer is actually going to give us a strength training program. That's a good idea. Yeah. And and Vacher and I have yeah. very different think... we have very different physiques. So I'm guessing that her program will be different than mine because I'm like twice the size of hers. And and her 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 sparring uh this Christian Robles, I was like Wait a minute, you actually get in the ring with a guy who is fighting bouts? She's like, oh, yeah, but he's a super flyweight. And uh, so super flyweight, in case you don't know, is that weight class is he needs to be, for the fight at the end of March, he needs to be between 112 and 115 pounds. So he's, that's a little guy. That's a strong little <laughs> So are you going guy. for the super flyweight <laughs> category list? No, but she's in this category. Okay. So this is okay. really good for her. I think I'm going to, but I don't, I don't want to be like super heavyweight. I don't need a boxing category. No, I'm just please going, not. I'm just going, I just like the spirit of fight camp. I yeah. like the spirit of focus. And okay. That if, that's good, Liz. That yeah. Two days. Whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be good for me to have a partner. Like two days a week, we're going to meet and we're going to do this together. So there you go. Fight camp starts now. <laughs> I can see t-shirts, Liam. <laughs> the fighting sea turtles. <laughs> okay. Again, it's the opposite. See? I know. See? <laughs> All right, Liz. Good luck with that. Thank yeah. you. I, I haven't been a super flyweight since like fifth grade. I know. I, know. That's I, I was thinking <laughs> third grade. Third grade. <laughs> All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. Entertaining Sisters is coming up. Also, we're going to tell you how to win copies of the Sweeney Sisters. But first, we want to thank a few of our sponsors. We want to thank ButcherBox for being a sponsor of Satellite Sisters and a sponsor for a long time. We appreciate that kind of support. And listeners, if you love Satellite Sisters, we really believe you're going to love ButcherBox, where you can get incredible deals on premium cuts of beef. And deals this good are hard to come by even at the grocery store. All right, what we love about ButcherBox, convenience. High-quality meat and seafood you can trust that shows up right at your doorstep with free shipping always, and you can curate that customized box plan. And you know who this is perfect for, Jewel? No, Leanne, what? The meal preppers in your life, okay? Meal prepping now is being taken to a whole new level. We used to just think of it as making a few things on Sunday, but no, people are on top of it. They are planning out their meals for the week, and ButcherBox is designed for this. It's perfect. You get these proportioned, you know, high quality meat servings that come right in. It's right in your freezer. You can look ahead for the week ahead and go, okay, I've got chicken. I've got the salmon. I've got the scallops. Oh, I've got steak tips. Fantastic. My week is done. So if you're a meal prepper, you're getting organized with your meals this week, ButcherBox is for you. I absolutely love the quality. This is exactly how I plan my meals. Looking in my freezer, what do I have? Let's go. So we want to tell you, Satellite Sisters, about a great deal. The key to becoming a meal prep master? Stay stocked up on the essentials. ButcherBox is here to help you do just that. They're offering Satellite Sisters listeners their choice of a weeknight meal must-have. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year, plus $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free offer and get $20 off. That's right. Butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Thanks, Butcherbox. 
Okay, now we've got the exciting uh, contest announcement, right, Liam? Yes, okay. Okay. So uh, we are doing a Sweeney Sisters giveaway on Instagram and our Facebook group. It's very simple. We did not want to make this complicated. We would like to give away some copies of my new book. It's going to be published by William Morrow at the end of April, but you can get an advanced reader copy. Here's what you have to do. You have to post a picture of you and your satellite sisters or misters, your group of friends, your actual sisters, your book club, your fight club. What are you doing, Liz? <laughs> fight club. <laughs> your fight camp. Oh, it's not fight club. It's fight camp. It's fight camp. <laughs> fight club is a whole different thing. Maybe it's your walking group. It's your next door neighbor. We just want to see pictures of you and the people you think of as your satellite sisters. And then you use these two hashtags, the Sweeney sisters and hashtag sat sisters. So hashtag the Sweeney Sisters and hashtag Sat Sisters, and that will enter you in the giveaway. Mm-hmm. We're going to be giving away random drawing for one book from Instagram and one book from the Facebook group every week for the next four weeks. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. That's good. There's a, you got a good, pretty good yeah, chance. I mean, yeah. you got a chance to win. But right. so just suppose you can, can't win more than once. Just saying that. So <laughs> if you need more than one book, that's what buying is for. <laughs> that's when you start buying the book. Exactly, Liz. Exactly. So I'll be drawing two winners every Tuesday morning right before we come into the studio and announcing those on the air. But we're also going to take an opportunity to acknowledge your group. There are going to be lots of posts we get. and we, So feel free to describe your group of sisters mm-hmm. and satellite misters that you're with. I'd love to know who's in the photo. But the key is using the hashtags the Sweeney sisters and hashtag sat sisters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would love it if you liked our Instagram. That would yes. be great. Or if you joined our Facebook group, that would also be great. But we're not going to force you to do that because we're not those kind of people. <laughs> I mean, you're ruthless, but not that ruthless. That's right. We're going to just suggest it a lot. Yeah. We're not going to make you tag everyone you know just so you can qualify for this. We just want to see your photos, yeah. but we do need those hashtags, the Sweeney sisters and hashtag sat sisters. See, we're not even making you spell satellite because we know from past experience. Yeah, nobody knows People do two L's, two T's. We don't know. It's Wrong confusing. Hashtag. Yeah. So we just eliminate that in the hashtag, hashtag Sat Sisters, hashtag The Sweeney Sisters. And that'll be it. So next week I'll pull the first two winners, and we want to see your photos. That'll be very fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Looking forward to that. Oh, well, sisters, so you know, last week I said on my to-do list I was going to get to hear Tara Westover, author of Educated. You know, she wrote that incredible memoir about growing up in a Mormon fundamentalist family in Idaho where they had no formal education and no formal medical treatments. And somehow she ended up at Cambridge with a PhD. It's, you know, you both have read the book, right? It's amazing. Yeah, I listened it, to the audio It's book. amazing. So she spoke to the group, the organi- she spoke at a benefit for the organization where I volunteer. And the thing about Tara, which is amazing, is, first of all, talk about super flyweight. She is tiny. She is tiny and very, very young. And when she was, she was interviewed by our local um, PBS uh, star, um, Chris Boyd, she also seemed incredibly fragile, uh, uh, huh. despite the fact that she wrote this memoir. It's been on the New York Times bestseller list for 100 weeks. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and it was just uh, fascinating to listen to her talk about it. I mean... You know, the thing about her childhood, that when you read the book, you're just alarmed, amazed, I don't even know the right words, that she survived that, that she used education as her way 
to move to something else. Um, but when she talks about her childhood, she said, you know, it's the only childhood I know. This is, you know, this mm-hmm. is what I know. And there is sort of an acceptance of what what she had been through or, you know, that she's been able to somehow reconcile that. And even her parents, uh, that she seems to have some kind of peace with her parents. She said they don't accept her life and she doesn't accept their life, but yet they have a relationship. Mm. Mm. That's so interesting. It's so interesting. When I saw your photo of her and how like young and tiny she looks in that picture, I always think there are so many scenes in the book that take place in that metal scrapyard. In that scrapyard. That's amazing that she survived that. Yeah, yeah. So she's really tiny about that. And interesting, we I, I had a chance to talk with her before she went on stage. She um, She's not planning to write another book. Um, huh. in, in fact, right now, what she's doing is she's reading a lot of economics. Um, she one of her focus her focus now is on small family farms uh, like that she saw in Idaho where she was growing up. And that they are going, you know, they're going away. And she doesn't understand why. And she wants to understand why. So. Okay, well, good for her. What a I fascinating, know. unique, unusual person. She she is. I mean, and I think she, she just always talked about how uncomfortable she felt in so many situations. And she still, you still had that sense that even though she's this, like, big-time, highly successful author, she still seems very uncomfortable in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say she made a sizable donation to our organization, which I'm very grateful for. So Tara Westover is okay in my book. All right. And Julie, the name of the book is Educated for people who haven't, haven't read right. that, right? Right. Educated. Oh. Exactly. Great. All right. Oh, good report, Julie. Interesting report. All right. Well, now we have to talk about the halftime show. <laughs> we do. <laughs> it almost feels like it was 100 years ago. It feels like yeah. this has been a long week. But um, listen, I was very inspired by this mm-hmm. because, as I've mentioned before, I am in a middle-aged dance troupe. <laughs> yes. I, of I course too am you a are inspired. I am a dancer. You are and, a dancer. Uh, and, I mean, I just think those two women brought it. That was a big time show, and yes, one hundred percent. They represented who they were, their uh, culture, their music, and the dance was just insane. Insane, it was. yes, insane. It was unbelievable. I, mean, I found a feel for J Lo, but I like that was more Shakira than I've ever seen. Oh, she she's is amazing. amazing. I love her. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I know. I thought it was incredible. And I found it particularly inspiring, Liz, because I am prepared to now announce what dance I will be performing at my personal (laughs) halftime show. Oh, which is when. Drum roll. What is it, Liam? You have a showcase coming up? A showcase coming up the first week in March. Wow. And um, first of all, applause to me because I'm back dancing, you know, (laughs) after my operation and everything. It was slow going. Mm -hmm. I, too, will be performing Latin dances. (laughs) Of course. <laughs> oh, my God. How does anyone ever dare do those dances again now that we've seen J-Lo and Shakira do them? No, it's the opposite. I want to do them better than I've ever done them before. <laughs> I've spent the last couple of years doing this ballroom dance and testing out samba and rumba and cha-cha, all uh, the Latin dances. Yeah. And I can tell you this as a uh, German-Irish girl from Connecticut. Those dances require you to move every part of your body in opposite direction 
Yeah, that was that was evident at the Super Bowl. That's yeah, what was going on. That yeah. very clear. I mean, it's very difficult to do. Like when I'm <laughs> doing my cha-cha with my dance teacher, he'll give me the arms. Like I'll have the feet down and then he'll give me the arms. Uh-huh. And then I'll do the dance again and I'll only do the arms and I'll completely forget the feet. Or I'll, <laughs> I'll do the arms and the feet and then he'll say, okay, now you have to add in the hips. And I'm like, uh-oh, there go the arms. Like... <laughs> Just and then the final gray coup de grace is the head, and you're oh. like, I can't do the head too. <laughs> be responsible for feet, hips, arms, and head. That's four things <laughs> all at once, Liz, going in opposite directions. So, I mean, I was inspired. So, uh, particularly by the body roll that the two of them did at the end. It was a tiny Ooh. moment at the <laughs> at the end of the dance when the two of them were facing each other. And they did that perfectly synchronized, undulating body roll. Like, Shakira J-Lo, Shakira J-Lo, Shakira J-Lo. And it was just boom, 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 boom. It was because last week in dance class, our group number, uh-huh. this is exciting, is a, a, a mashup of disco songs from oh. the 70s. So okay. we're doing like seven disco songs in one. So that's eight of us doing it. Again, women from like 35 <laughs> to twice that. And dancing. there's not going to be any video of this either, no, right? No, don't ask but. for video. But... Uh, we were choreographing the end of that number, and the dance teacher said, okay, can you guys all do body rolls? And we all just started howling. <laughs> and then we tried uh-huh. to do body rolls, and we looked like we were seizing. Like, it looked like something had been sent through the air conditioning, and we were seizing, like, in a horror movie. And so when Shakira and J-Lo did those synchronized, I just started screaming, like, oh, my God, body rolls! Look at the body rolls! <laughs> I'm going to have to go relook at the videotape. <laughs> it's a tiny moment at the end. There okay. were many other portions that got a lot of attention, but the synchronized body roll, that was top okay. notch. So we will be doing the disco mashup. And then for my personal number, because it's dancing through the decades, that's the theme. Mm-hmm. So people are doing songs from the 30s and 40s and 50s. It's a good theme. Pretty it's much a, no It's theme. a great theme. <laughs> it's a no theme, theme. It's good for middle-aged women to have it decades is. to work with. <laughs> yeah, decades. So oh, I'm oh. going back to my favorite decade, the 80s. Yeah. And I will be doing a cha-cha to Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation. Oh, I so, love that song. And it just, I love her. And there will be some of the Janet Jackson choreography recreated. Wow. I mean, go look at the video. Okay. <laughs> there won't be any body Julie rolls. Julie is flapping her arms right now. It's military. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's stopping. Right. Leah, between the dancing on. and that little QB under your seat, you're going to be moving. <laughs> so, so anyway... I am excited. It was funny. Uh, the dance teacher was saying to me, is there any tricks you can do at the end? You know, a big finish. Like, can you bend backwards and touch the floor? And again, in the 80s, I could. Yes. Well, in well, for several decades, I could do that. But now I have to keep well, saying abdominal surgery. <laughs> so I, I could get down there, but I cannot get, get back, back up. up. <laughs> but I like that little shaky shaky the two of them did at the end of the number with the shaky shaky I was like we gotta work on that we gotta have a little shaky shaky but uh, uh, truly inspirational I enjoyed it mm-hmm. I enjoyed it alright so you're only like a couple of years older than J-Lo alright Liz so that was amazing it is well my son was watching the halftime show with us my son Brooks and I told him I said I am four years older than J-Lo and he like spit out his his beverage <laughs> okay. and then at the end he just said Alex Rodriguez does not deserve her and that's true too and that's coming from a Yankees fan she is the, she is better than that so okay. yes wow. J-Lo and I were I guess we're both in our 50s is what I would say that's inspirational right there hey clearing yeah. my calendar for the showcase <laughs> this week in March dancing Dance through the sister. decades five, four, 
Whew, the Janet Jackson stuff is hard. Uh, yeah. So, and that's not even the cha-cha, which is impossible. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Not, you know what might be easier? Fight, Fight camp. camp. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. A little Oscar talk now. Wrapping it up here at the show, but uh, it is the Oscars this weekend. Julie, you were shocked that the Oscars are. This I was weekend. shocked. I mean, I don't know this. There's been a lot on the news, so I've lost place with the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I, I just, I haven't seen all the nominations, Leanne. Some of them, you know, I told you, I didn't, I, I don't want to see the Joker. So, what, well, what should we go see, Leanne? What, right. what do you think is the best? Well, I hadn't seen a lot of the nominations either. So that's just when I, this is when I tapped into my son Colin, who is a real film nerd. He's a senior in college. He's studying film and visual arts. But you know, he's been my movie buddy for life. So, uh, and he actually cares very deeply about it. He sees everything. So he. Has seen all 10 Best Picture nominations, eight in the theater, and then the two Netflix ones on Netflix, Marriage Story and The Irishman. And he will admit it did take him two days to watch The Irishman. Yeah. Uh, so I said, <laughs> I go, think about it. I'm going to come back to you for the show, for the show, because I want to hear your Oscar picks, because you've really thought about this. So first, he wanted to register um, his complete displeasure that Uncut Gems was overlooked in every category. Oh, okay. He thought it was a great movie, oh. that Adam Sandler was great, and that was a miscarriage of justice. Okay. So okay. he also So said, noted. So noted, Colin. Yep. You know, the second miscarriage of justice, Liz, I think you'll agree with this, is that Aquafina was not nominated for her performance in The Farewell. 100%. Yep. Yes, he I'm thought, with you there. Mm-hmm. And then he said the documentary category is a travesty. <laughs> he said, I... <laughs> It's really travesty. good to know. That's very good to know. You can travesty you can just say that at your Oscar party. That you can steal it. It's a travesty because Apollo Eleven was not even nominated. It the, was not the brilliant space documentary. Oh. Yeah, not even nominated. List. Yeah, travesty. The entire category. <laughs> that is a travesty. So of all the ten best picture nominations, he ranked them from top to bottom. But I'll just give you his top three: Little Women, Parasite, and 1917. Okay. Now he believes okay. Little Women is the best film. Yes. He does not believe it will win. Okay. He thinks uh, Parasite will win the best, uh, you know, international yeah. film. That's the new category. It used to be foreign film. Now it's international film. He said outside chance it will win. He thinks 1917 will take home the yeah. Oscar. So, but And he thinks it's a very good movie, but not as good as Little Women. Which is exactly what Liz said. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So does that mean I have to see Parasite? I think I'm going to see Parasite. I think you have to see Parasite yeah. because okay. he said Bon Joon-ho may win Best Director yeah. because he is a very good director and a great filmmaker. Doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to win Best Picture, yeah. but okay. 1917, you know, that's sort of old school Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the bottom of his top 10 list was Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> And, you know, he oh. said it was fine. Not great. Fine. I mean, again. It was he, a crowd pleaser. Crowd okay, pleaser, but, yes. but not yep. a good film. He said his true best picture, not even nominated, not, not even one of travesty. the ten, was The Lighthouse. Have not heard of that. Okay. <laughs> Look it up, Liz. Look it up. Now, if you're looking to go deep on your Oscar list and yeah. you want to pick some of those other categories, he said, look for 1917 to take home, of course, cinematography. Of course. That's an automatic. It's Roger Deakins. Yeah. Everyone loves him. It's spectacular. Production design. Yes. Sound. And if you wanted to split your ticket, you could vote for Sam Mendes for best director because oh. he also may take that home. Okay. Oh. Okay. Wow. In the screenplay category, he said they love Tarantino. They're going to give it to, to yeah, yeah. So the Hollywood one. And then in the adapted, he said, even though he believes it should be Greta Gerwig, he yes. thinks it will be the Irishman, Steve Zalian. Oh, that. really? Yeah. So, yes. I don't know. that. Yeah. So will he be watching the Oscars, Liam? Uh, you know, none of them have live TV. So, no. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have TV anymore, actually. 
Okay, they, that's very yeah, interesting. They don't okay. have TV. So right. no one watches the Oscars. No, he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. You'll and, see it on Twitter. Okay, I just didn't know yeah. film students watched no, it. No, okay, I mean, good know, to know. Yeah, he'll see it on Twitter or something. Yeah, or Reddit. You know, I, I don't know where he gets his news. In the editing category, he said, the editor of Parasite, there's a montage in Parasite. That is an Oscar-worthy montage. Should take it just for the montage. Oh. That's well, how strongly okay. he feels about that. Okay. The Again, act- you could repeat, you could say that line at your Oscar party. Do it. Oscar- Steal that. Mon- yes. Oh, yeah. Using the word montage is <laughs> yes, very exciting like to non-film people. That's very <laughs> exciting. In the acting category, the same four people keep winning. It's Brad yeah. Pitt and, uh-huh. you know, Joaquin Phoenix and... Uh, what's her name? Renee Zellweger for a movie. No oh, one yeah. saw it. No Nobody one saw, saw it. I, don't, I do not know a single person yeah. that saw Judy. I'm sure there are some satellite sisters and misters who did, but no, I don't know anyone. Uh, uh, and then um, Laura Dern for Marriage Story. Uh, he said it really should be Florence Pugh. That's oh. how strongly he felt he about felt, okay. it. Little he loved women. Little Women. He loved that movie. And yeah. he felt strongly like that was a great performance. Well, we all saw that together on Christmas yeah. Day. He loved yeah. it. He loved it. In the documenting category, as I mentioned, it's a travesty. But if you're going <laughs> to... A travesty of a mockery of a travesty. <laughs> if you're going to be... A pick- montage of a travesty. <laughs> yes. It's a montage of all the travesties that ever were. <laughs> um, if, if you're going to be voting, American Factory, he believes, will take oh, uh, okay. take it. Although he thinks the winner should be Honeyland. He said that was a great documentary. Okay. And then the animated movie, his choice is Klaus. Oh. So there you, oh. so okay. there you have it. That's Ooh, That was quickly and, and excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's complete. So you could win a few extra points you in your, on your Oscar ballot yeah. at your Oscar party, but right. in some of these more obscure categories. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. There you go. Uh, okay. Any, wow. Anybody have any plans for Oscar night? Who knows? Is it ten? It's yes. <laughs> it's going to be a long week. What? Yeah, I have to go to New York at the end of the week, but I'm getting back just in time to watch the Oscars. My neighbor Deborah across the hall. Oh yeah, we alternate. I do the Golden Globes, she does the Oscars. We go, okay. we go back and forth. But she's having a real Oscar party. Oh, on um, on Sunday, so that's where I'll be. All right, I want you to throw around the word montage. <laughs> yes, and travesty. And travesty. Yes. <laughs> Julie, you have huge plans there in Texas. Uh, I, I I just like the red carpet. Uh, you know, the show is a little tedious. Yeah, it is. So, but I'll be watching that red carpet. Mm-hmm. All right. We would like to thank our advertisers, and thanks to you for supporting the people who support us. It really makes a difference. Uh, we're a team here, and we appreciate that. We would also like to thank Sergio Enriquez. He saved us 100% last week, and I'm sure he'll save us this week, too. <laughs> thank you so much for the work that you do engineering and in the in the, in the the booth there, Sergio. Um, all right, what do people have on their to-do list? Liz, what do you have to? Fight camp. Okay. <laughs> No, my hard thing is going to be now that we've kicked off fight camp, as I mentioned, I'm going to New York and back in yeah. the next few days. So how do you like just it's hard to be healthy, stay strong when you're also like hanging around in airports and things. So my fight camp partner, Vacher, she also had to go on a business trip this week. She she texted me a picture of the Dunkin Donuts at LAX uh, yesterday. Yeah. She said, not stopping here. Fight camp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow. All right, Julie, what are you up to? Well, I am going to be celebrating my granddaughter Alice's 13th birthday. I had the great pleasure 13 years ago of announcing that she was born on the podcast. She is turning 13 this week. Amazing. I asked her what she wanted for her birthday, and she said, well, you know, I got some wonderful gifts for Christmas, so I think I'm all set. Wow. (laughs) Okay. That's that's, that's very sweet. sweet. 
Yeah. She so she's not quite sweet, yet a teenager with an answer like that, yeah. right? <laughs> We're just going to keep her that way. Yes. <laughs> and Leah, Ian, how, how about you? you? Uh, you know, I'm going to see the head librarian at the Library of Congress this week. Oh. She's speaking at the Huntington Library about why libraries matter. And there you go. So her name is Carla Hayden. She has a really interesting backstory. She's one of the few actual librarians who has become the head of the Library of Congress, you know, as, as opposed to an academic. Yeah. So she's speaking at our beautiful Huntington Library, and uh, I got a last-minute ticket. I snagged one, so I'm happy to go see her. Looking okay. forward to that. She's right. an interesting person good. to me. Yeah. We'd like to hear that report. You will hear it next week, Julie. You will hear it next week. All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. Sisters, have a great week. You too, Leanne. You too. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.